0: podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. This is episode 79, and I'm here with uh, my pastor, Dr. John Payne, and I'm Gabriel Williams. And today, we thought we would talk about a topic that we discussed during men's Bible study this morning, and it's regarding discipleship, but it's about a particular aspect. And here, we're speaking about what it means to follow Jesus when it hurts, So this means we're referring to the idea and the the concept of how suffering is used to sanctify and to mature Christians. And so the passage that comes to mind in terms of a context for this would be 1 Peter chapter 1. So John, could you read through that passage that introduces the idea of suffering for the Christian?
1: Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, Mm. obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's verses 3 through 9. Amen. Amen.
0: So when we look at this passage, what strikes me immediately is verse 6 That in spite of the greatness of the salvation, we are told here that we rejoice in that great salvation brought to us by Christ Jesus. It then says two things. The first is that for a little while, we are grieved by various trials. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. And second, it says, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And so this speaks about two aspects of suffering that is foundation for any christian that it is necessary so let's talk first about the necessity of it so you know john why does the scripture teach us that suffering is a necessary aspect of our christian life
1: yeah, I, I think that we see it uh, right here in our text um, so that the genuineness of our faith mm. could be tested. That's mm-hmm. a that's a one uh, big side of it because when you begin uh, a, a trial, whatever it may be, um, so let's say a, a trial, a difficult trial, lasts for six months. Mm. From the beginning of that trial to the end of that trial, um, has your faith... Uh, uh, Lasted and uh, persevered through that um, has 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 it been tested to be genuine or did you have a, a temporary kind of self-serving faith which mm-hmm. really was a faith that said you know Lord I'll follow you as long as my life goes okay mm-hmm. um, so so one thing that happens there is when when you are united to Christ your assurance of your salvation will deepen and grow. As you go through trials and you come out of them with your faith still intact. And not just intact, but actually stronger. Amen. Uh, Which, you know, maybe it would have been better to first um, mention that the Lord brings us trials. He ordains suffering in our lives so that we would be weaned off of this world. That's correct. So that uh, we would not find our, our, our hopes... Um, and our primary uh, joys and loves in this world, mm. but rather in Him. Uh, so, so when trials come into our lives, that's when we find ourselves drawing near to God and crying out to Him and mm-hmm. being. You know, suffering has a really amazing way of concentrating the mind in prayer, doesn't that's it? That's right, um, very much so. And so the Lord uses suffering to form and to shape us more and more into the image of Christ, the suffering servant. Um, uh, he uses suffering to um, to pr- prioritize our loves, mm-hmm. um, that we wouldn't have disordered loves, loving uh, the world and the things of the world more than we love uh, God. Mm-hmm. And and so he, it's actually a mercy for him to bring suffering into our lives because it's when he brings suffering that we begin to think very seriously about uh, the brevity of this life right. and about the the meaningfulness of our relationship with God uh, uh, in, in, in uh, comparison to our relationship with the temporary and fading things of this world.
0: Mm-hmm. I think to kind of piggyback off what you said, when I've heard older Christians who may have a long term illness or have been suffering for many, many years. The testimony that I constantly hear from them is that suffering has a way of simplifying your life. So it concentrates the mind in one sense because it focuses you upon Christ but also simplifies things in a very real way. When you think about yourself when you are doing really well, so the absence of clear suffering, it's tempting to, well, it's not tempting, one of the things that you may observe is that You have all of these things now involved in your life. Your life gets very complex. You're concerned about so many things that in the final analysis are clearly not important, right? But when suffering comes, when trials come and they are particularly severe, one of the things that happens is that your devotion to all of these things kind of fade. And you get what Paul says, a pure and simple devotion to Christ. Mm. And that's part of my way of kind of understanding what it means to have your te- have your faith tested or to be purified. When you put something through a fire and the impurities rise, the idea is that you're getting out other things that are unnecessary removed, and that means you're simplifying the substance. Yes. And so, when I think about that in light of suffering for the Christian, there's a lot of impurities that's due to our sin and our attachments to the world. And to all the things that we tend to care about that are not that important. But when our suffering is particularly acute, what the Lord does in his you know, gracious providence is that he causes all of those things to become much less important. And that simplicity and devotion to Christ becomes supreme. That You see that often even, I think the best example would be seeing a saints on their deathbed. At that point... You talk to that dear saints, all of the stuff about their job and the struggles that happen in their job, all of the difficulties they had of minor irritations with their neighbors, all of the various things that comes up because you have to, say, stand in a line at a DMV to get your license and then Mm -hmm. stand in another line to do something else. All of those things are clearly not important anymore. What matters is that you're clinging to the hope of the gospel. And isn't that the the beauty of having your faith focused upon Christ?
1: Yes, I love what uh, he says here on page 184. Uh, That is the the author of this book, um, Andrew Randall. Again, the book is Following Jesus, the Essentials of Christian Discipleship. He writes, Suffering is one of the main ways in which God does deep soul work within us. Mm. He takes us to places we would never have gone. And circumstances we would never have chosen. And in these places and at these times, we learn things that we could never otherwise have known. We meet with God in ways we could never otherwise have met with Him. In a unique way, God is there to be found at the end of your tether. Amen. Isn't that Amen. wonderful? Amen. So, the question that's asked oftentimes um, you know, uh, why does God not eliminate suffering in our mm-hmm. lives? Uh, The answer is because he loves us. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Because he loves us, because he wants us to be near him. Mm -hmm. And he knows our hearts that (laughs) if things are always rosy, if everything's always sunshiny and there Mm -hmm. are never any problems, we tend to forget the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it's his tender, severe mercies, as Mm -hmm. the Puritans used to call it, The, the, the severe mercies of God that bring us into sweeter communion with the Lord because our faith... Uh, gets um, the dross the impurities are removed mm-hmm. from our faith um, our lives are pruned mm-hmm. by uh, these trials of course as we read the word and we experience the trials then the spirit uses these things to uh, to strengthen our faith and to comfort us in his love and to bring us into sweeter communion with the Lord um, I can testify to it uh, 6. Six years ago, you know, being diagnosed with thyroid cancer, and in those days we were looking mortality in the face. Uh, there's nothing like a cancer diagnosis that concentrates the mind. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, and and directs the faith mm-hmm. to the, the the object, the that's only right. true uh, object, and uh, worthy object of our faith, which is which is the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. our, our our mediator. And so, uh, yes, suffering. Is a gift from God, Amen. and that's not trying to downplay how hard and prickly and difficult suffering and trials are in this life. They produce many tears. Mm-hmm. You know, Job, um, when he went through this terrible time, mm-hmm. he 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 tore his clothes and he threw himself in the dust. Mm-hmm. But then it says he worshipped. That's right. And so we as Christians will will do that. is not saying we're to be emotionless and to. Have the stiff upper lip and to have that kind of um, stoic response to suffering. No, no, we, we suffer through tears, but we also pray and we draw near to God, That's right. uh, knowing that um, that our Savior suffered. And isn't this a wonderful point? He makes at the end of the book that mm-hmm. that you know um, when we think of suffering. And we think of difficulties that have happened um, throughout throughout history, tra- tragedies, difficulties. We think there's no greater uh, suffering or no greater crime that has ever taken place than when our Lord Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross and, and, and where all of our sins were placed upon him. Mm. And uh, and he suffered for our sins. And so the greatest suffering that's ever taken place actually has brought about the greatest good. Mm. And that's a that's a point where Romans 8, 28, 28 says... Um, that all things happen for the good of those who love him and are called called according to his purpose. All things. All things. And it's the work of Christ on the cross which gives us the greatest example of something that looks so bad. You know, Christ is hanging on the cross. His disciples are looking at him, and he's bleeding and dying, and people are spitting on him and mocking him. And, and, you know, it must have run through their minds. What good can come out of this? Well, the answer is the greatest good possible in the history of the world, Mm -hmm. the salvation of man. And so through our greatest suffering, we need to remember that the Lord in his mysterious providence will use it to sanctify us, and then also, as Randall brings out, to make us a blessing to others, for Mm -hmm. we can not just sympathize with people in their difficulty, we can empathize with them and say, yes, I've been through this too, can I minister to you? So what does Randall say about that?
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a passage that he references to Second Corinthians, where this is Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four, which mm. states, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and Father of mercies mm. and God of all comforts, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves Are comforted by God and so you get many beautiful references Mm. to who God is Mm. as the father of mercies he is the God of all comforts who comforts us and so we don't have a God who uh, ordains afflictions to us and just and is simply a taskmaster and just waits for the afflictions to do away with you but Mm. even in the midst of ordaining the affliction he also gives comfort in that And so the promise is not that your life becomes rosy. The promise is that in the midst of suffering and trials, he is the great comforter. Mm. In the midst of the trials, he has promised never to leave or forsake his people. Mm. But that's the encouragement we can give someone else who is at the bottom of the valley. At the bottom of the valley, mm-hmm. what they need is not someone who is like Job's friends who said, who <laughs> sinned such yeah. that this happened to you. Right. What they need is someone that has said, the Lord comforted me in my deepest afflictions and he will comfort you. Place yes. your hope and faith upon Christ.
1: Amen. Amen. And and recognize too, um, you know, contrary to the word of the modern prosperity gospel preachers, mm-hmm. That this life will be filled with many troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus Himself says it. Amen. He tells His disciples they will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn over and over again about suffering and persecution and trials from the apostles. So, mm-hmm. the idea that you know pastors in our day, many of them on television, standing up and saying, you know, if you just have enough faith, mm-hmm. all of your problems will will, will disappear. Uh, is just false teaching it's, it's mm-hmm. of the devil mm-hmm. uh, what we what we see in scripture is that the apostles and Christ himself teaches um, a lot about suffering and mm-hmm. and what it means for the Christian life And a lot mm-hmm. of times Christians say well, what is this what does this mean um, what am I supposed to learn through this well mm-hmm. you know they'll, depending on who it is and what they're going through there'll be different answers to that question, but ultimately we do know a couple of things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, we know that God sanctifies his people through suffering. So, mm-hmm. so as we suffer and we cling to the promises of God and we draw near to him through the means of grace, we, st- we don't run from the church, we stay committed to the church in times of suffering, uh, we will grow as Christian believers. Our faith will be strengthened. Mm-hmm. We will be humbled uh, in ways we never imagined mm-hmm. and never would have asked for. But the Lord knows best. Uh, The second thing is, as you just mentioned, uh, we will be able to minister to others in ways we never would have been able to do before. Mm -hmm. Um, We will be able to stand side to side with suffering believers and say, I've been through this. Mm -hmm. Let me encourage you uh, to go where I went, which was Mm -hmm. to my knees and to the Lord. Um, And then thirdly, uh, isn't it true that when you see a suffering Christian and they're staying faithful, that they become a, an extraordinary witness and encouragement in the life of the church. I mean, I, I, I get to Very see it, so. I have a wonderful view of it being up front on Sunday <laughs> mornings I look out and I know what's going on in the lives of, of the people. And yet I see them singing, praising God. They may have just lost a loved one or, mm-hmm. or have, have gone through a difficult trial. I know about it as their mm-hmm. pastor, and I see them singing and listening and, and, and holding tightly to the promises of God. What an encouragement mm-hmm. that is to me and to those whom they are sitting around and seeing before and after church. And that just is a great, powerful encouragement in the life of the congregation. If everybody was always doing great all the time, <laughs> well, we know what would happen. We know where our hearts would go
0: that's right and one of the things that uh, this chapter kind of repeats in that sense is when when you think about the sufferings of saints it doesn't just have the reference itself to how other christians see you the other point is that there is a witness to the world which realistically you think about what it means to give a defense for the hope that lies within you The background of that idea is the suffering that the sufferings that occurred to the Christians in Asia Minor that Peter is writing to is that the only reason that the Christians in Asia Minor are giving that defense is because their life is public and known to all who see it. And so that's why the imperative of the New Testament is to suffer well, not just for your sake and your sanctification, but Your suffering is a witness to the world around you. And hence, that's why Jesus is always both the prototype perfect man, but he's also the example. Because what Jesus did was to prove that you can suffer and not revile back. You can suffer and not threaten, Mm -hmm. but you can entrust yourself to the one who judges all things rightly. When the Christian has that posture to... The world who may be giving the affliction and giving the persecution that speaks volumes about the reality of their faith. And it speaks of why Christians and lands who are being persecuted have such great gospel mm. witness there because their faith is being purified to themselves and their faith is
1: being publicly declared mm. by how they walk through suffering. Mm. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Amen. Mm. And Paul says in in Romans 5, uh, verse 3 and following, that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's why we rejoice, because our suffering is not meaningless. Amen. And to serve a God, so-called God, who is disassociated from your suffering, is to serve a God who uh, is either too uh, weak to do anything about it, or is... um, is angry and uh, unloving. Mm-hmm. But we don't. We have a God who, by His grace, has ordained suffering in the context of this fallen world in the lives of both believers and unbelievers. That's right. Amen. And the same trial that takes place in the life of a believer and an unbeliever will produce two different effects. For the unbeliever, um, they will become hardened. Mm-hmm and angry in their hearts towards the God they say they don't believe in. (laughs) (laughs) For the believer, the tested genuineness of their faith results in humility, Mm -hmm. submission, endurance, character, and hope. Mm -hmm. And hope's important there because it's talking about the hope of the return of Christ and the Mm -hmm. removal of all this mess, Mm -hmm. which we all uh, grown for and long for Romans chapter eight. Mm-hmm. We long for the coming of our Lord because we know that one day tears will be wiped away from our eyes by the Lord Himself. Mm-hmm. All suffering will end, and uh, we will know His perfect joy forever and ever in His presence. And and that's that's the hope that we have. It's not that we'll have heaven now, mm-hmm. but that we know we will have heaven uh, later one day. Amen. And so that's that's the beautiful. Uh, uh, now-and-not-yet experience of the Christian. We experience joy now in the Lord's and His blessing Mm -hmm. and His presence, but not yet His full presence and His full joy, like we will know, in glory. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will look forward to that. What a wonderful blessing to know that our suffering is not meaningless, but it's part of God's plan to sanctify us and to bring us to glory. Uh, by His grace. And so we, we're glad you joined us for this episode of Between the Times. We do want to let you know that we have um, almost 80 episodes uh, now online. You can subscribe through uh, iTunes uh, and uh, you can listen to all those back episodes and uh, we're going to work hard to keep these episodes <laughs> coming here in the next, next few weeks and months.